Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host. Great to be with you, and what a super show we have for you today. You know, but first, I just want to ask each of you, each of you listening today, to pray for our nation as we navigate in uncharted waters. And I just hope that, uh, you know, you can help bring this nation together, each one of us individually, with our families and uh, our friends, so that we can be in unity and, and overcome the challenges that we face during these times that we've never faced before. Well, hey, on Outdoor World, we're going to spend the entire show with one of America's preeminent experts on environmental law, Lowell Bear. He's a powerful leader who's been a lifelong champion and leader for conservation. We're going to spend time uh, with him today, and we're going to talk about his newest book, Saving Species on Private Lands and Unlocking the Incentives to Conserve Wildlife and Their Habitats. Well, Lowell was one of my outdoor heroes, and you're going to enjoy meeting this very special mentor. Some of you may remember uh, he was with us before and uh, on the show, and he's a friend to so many of us in the hunting and the conservation community. But before we meet today's guest, I just want to say that uh, if you're looking for the latest and the best gear, you've got to come on out to the nearest Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's Destination Retail Store. You're going to find friendly folks there with expert advice and as well. All the top brands at the very best prices. Also, if you are not a Bass Pro Shops Club member, you need to be. Special trips, gear, and more, uh, they become available to all of our club members, and it is awesome. Apply today to get this very special offer. Check us out at BassPro.com slash club. Also, Bass Pro Shops honors and contributes to our men and women in uniform by hosting monthly military discount days. And during every month, military discount days begin on the 15th of the month and last for one week. The 10% military discount off regular price merchandise uh, will be given at checkout by simply showing your military ID. We salute you, and we certainly thank you. Well, to get us started on our show, some listeners may remember back it was in December 2015, Lowell Bear was a guest in this show, and he shared the contents of a new book that he had just come out with, had written uh, in discussing the consequence of environmental litigation and the crippling battle over America's lands, endangered species, and cri critical habitats as it relates to sportsmen. Well, during this hour, Lowell's going to share the contents of this new book as he talks to the guy with dirt under his fingernails and lives in overalls and is the working farmer and rancher. Lowell understands that those in Washington write treatises that are read by those inside the Beltway, but no one reaches out to the guy or gal that is closer to wildlife conservation than the working landowner. And those landowners know what animals or birds or fish live on their property, where the habitat's located, what they feed on, their breeding life cycles, their population numbers, historic trends, cycles, and really so much more. And those landowners most times know what's best for their critters and how to embrace their habitat and food sources. But in terms of communication, no one really goes out and talks to them at the kitchen table over a cup of coffee or how to incorporate wildlife conservation into their land management plans with an emphasis on endangered species. Well, those two words, endangered species, are the two dirtiest words that a farmer or rancher just never wants to hear. And they're often afraid to talk to federal and, and state governments because of the mythology that's grown up around the enforcement of the Endangered Species Act. Or they don't know where to find the myriad of programs that provide guidance and counsel to private landowners and funding. Lowell has interviewed over 100 landowners on this topic, and they asked for guidance, reference book addressing these issues, because no other book like it exists today. Well, 
Lowe is an attorney from Washington, D.C., one of America's leading authorities on litigation, also president emeritus of the Boone and Crockett Club, as well as an author and a legal and environmental historian. His lifelong passion for protecting the country's natural resources and wildlife conservation began during his childhood while being raised on a farm in northern Indiana and spending time in his grandfather's homestead ranch in Montana. Well-known advisor to elected officials and educators on environmental conservation issues, Lowe took leading took the lead in drafting President George Herbert Walker Bush's wildlife conservation agenda back in 1989 and has been an advisor and a counselor to all successive presidential administrations. Lowe lives in suburban Washington, D.C., contemporaneously continues to practice law, specializing in wildlife conservation and natural resource policy, legislation, regulation, and manages commercial real estate development company and writes extensively. I want you to welcome, welcome back, my good friend, Lowell Bear. Lowell, welcome back. Thank you, Rob. It's a, it's a, it's a real opportunity to be with you this morning. Well, I just want to well, congratulate just- you on the conservation leadership that you've provided over the last half century. And, you know, having been named Conservation of the Year three times, it, you know, it appears that conservation is a passion of yours. And just very quickly, what is it about conservation of our natural resources that drives your passion? Well, as you said uh, a moment ago, I was raised on a, on a farm and uh, with one foot uh, there and one foot out in Montana on Granddad's Ranch. And so I grew up close to the land, close to wildlife. And stewardship and land conservation, it's just in my blood. It's part of my DNA. And you pick that up when you're raised in agrarian um, uh, America. Uh, secondly, absolutely, the, the, the care of our natural resources and wildlife conservation, to me, is an ethical and moral commitment of stewardship to the health of this planet. Because if we aren't going to take care of it, who will? Uh, Theodore Roosevelt once said about wildlife, uh, they quote, they can't speak for themselves, so we must, close quote. Um, I'm 80 years old now. I've spent much of, I've been practicing here for 56 years, and I've spent much of my life in the fields, in a remote bush, far from civilization, and in the wilderness, studying wildlife and doing wildlife surveys. And when you get as close to nature and wildlife as I have, you develop an intense respect for the critters, uh, and the birds, and it's just instinctive that you want to take care of them and perpetuate their w- welfare and existence. Well, oh, you've touched on something here, and, and I know back in 2015 we talked a crisis. And I want to ask you, is there a crisis with fish and wildlife today? I've been studying this recently for uh, a book I'm working on, just as there was back in the late 1800s and just as there was in the 1920s and 30s, it's very interesting when you compare the, 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 the history of, of our country. But um, it manifests itself, uh, this crisis, in several ways today. First is, is disease. Uh, the prime example is CWD, a chronic wasting disease, which is attacking our deer, elk, and moose population, and, and some f- fish species, where it's called whirling disease. It infects the brain of a, of, of a deer and causes them to stop eating. Uh, they become weak and disoriented and they die. Wild sheep get pneumonia from uh, <coughs> investing, uh, ingesting uh, ground s- uh, snails and pink eye that causes blindness. Uh, more recently, they get scabies from, uh, the domes- from domestic sheep when both species uh, uh, use the same uh, rangeland. Bats have contracted white-nose syndrome in the last five years that's killing them. And the worst of all is the bee and pollinator population being killed off um, from pesticides, uh, as are some birds. Our monarch butterfly population is down to 10% of what was five years ago. But the largest crisis, to use your word crisis, is extinction. In In 2014, Elizabeth Colbert wrote a book called The Sixth extinction, which detailed our current extinction crisis and compared it with the extinction crisis of the dinosaur when they disappeared 65 million uh, years ago. That was the fifth extinction, and she characterizes today as the sixth extinction. Lo, we're going to have to just stop right here, and we'll come right back to it. We've got to move to our first break. Folks, we will continue to visit with book author Lowell Bear, this and a whole lot more coming right up, and I'm Rob Keck, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. 
today's hunters are facing some real challenges. Nationally, we lose 6,000 acres of upland habitat every day. Hunter numbers are not keeping pace with population growth. Each of these puts our hunting lifestyle in danger. With your help, the National Wild Turkey Federation is tackling these challenges head on with its Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative. Our volunteers have committed to increase wild turkey populations and protect our hunting heritage by improving 4 million acres of habitat, creating 1.5 million new hunters and opening half a million new acres to public hunting. Join the NWTF today to help make these bold goals a reality. Visit nwtf.org for more information and to find out how you can help protect our way of life. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with one of America's leading conservationists, book author, Lowell Bear. Lowell, I, I had to cut you off there. You were talking about the sixth extinction. I'm going to let you finish that thought. It's so important. And, and if you would continue on. Well, you asked me, uh, and I was responding to the question of, is there a crisis with fish and wildlife today? And uh, in addition to diseases, um, the largest crisis is extinction. And the extinction that results uh, uh, is from a variety of sources. Habitat loss and degradation from urban sprawl and human population expansion, logging, mining, and increased toxicity in our air and water especially the oceans, the use of pesticides, and overhunting. Um, 300 years ago, there were 1 billion people on the earth. Today, there's 7.6 billion. And the current mass extinction of our wildlife, fish, and insects is all a product of our human conduct. Um, The main issue that they all share, all species share, is their loss of habitat. Um, as uh, f- it gets fragmented throughout the country as the population expands. So we need to look at landscapes and land and think about how they, how they can be conserved uh, and restored to protect the wildlife. Um, because we need not only habitat for them, but we need productive working uh, uh, farm and ranch lands, forests, um, and um, oil and gas production. And they all have to co- coexist in, in a balance. But um, that is the biggest crisis, is their loss of habitat. Yeah. Lowell, very quickly, why did you write this book? And I think I know from what you've just said a reason, but who should read this book? Rob, um, when I was, I'm working on a bigger book, uh, following my book on the endangered, uh, the um, Equal Access to Justice Act of a few years ago. And the bigger book is on the history, application, and uh, future of the Endangered Species Act. This particular book I called the Toolbox Chapter, the chapter that was written specifically for farmers, ranchers, etc., to help them understand and appreciate um, how you get incentivized for wildlife conservation on your land and how you particularly deal with endangered species issues. Because they're, they're, they, when, when, if there is an issue... They don't know who to turn to. Uh, they don't want to talk to the federal or state government, certainly, about endangered species issues. So yeah. as I was conducting over about 135 interviews at this point, um, they, I kept hearing folks say to pe- me, um, uh, for God's sakes, you're, uh, you're a writer. Give us a manual. Uh, we don't know where to turn uh, to get help, counsel, uh, advice, uh, incompetence, uh, uh, funding, and so forth. And it finally hit me, it was last summer, and it finally hit me, and I don't know why it didn't hit me before, because here I am, raised on a farm and a ranch, uh, that the working landowner, the guy or gal with dirt under their fingernails, in overhauls, driving a tractor or a pickup, are closer to wildlife than anybody else in America. They know where their species, what species there are in their land, uh, it's the population numbers, uh, where they live, what their habitat is, what they're eating, their breeding cycles, their life cycles. Yet nobody, nobody is talking to the people with the dirt under their fingernails who live closer to wildlife right. than anybody. 
And they've been largely ignored by state and federal wildlife biologists. Um, there are many states out there that have what we call private land specialists to provide outreach and counsel. But they're all adequately understaffed, and there are only one or two that are properly staffed. As an example, California, the state of California, 163,700 acres, 700 acres, has one specialist, one outreach specialist in the whole state of California to counsel people on, on this uh, subject. Um, a recent study was done that said that um, the smallest acreage uh, a, a private land specialist has to cover is 7,000 square miles. And the largest a biologist has to cover is 70,000 square miles, except for California. So who should read my book? Who was written? In it? Who, was, who did I write it for? Every owner of working private lands in America, farmer, rancher, cattleman, rice grower, vintner, wine manufacturer, foresters, miners, it will incentivize them how to incorporate wildlife conservation into their management plans and counsel them counsel them on how to deal with endangered species in a confidential way. Now, I know they're afraid to ask questions, so they don't have to. This book answers those. It gives them the programs and the tools they need uh, to answer their questions and take action. It is not, repeat, not an advocacy book for any program. It's a desktop or pickup truck information and reference guide only. So it's now being used that I know of in two university courses with more to come. It just came out. Yeah. Well, look, we, uh, we certainly know that uh, there, there's so many programs out there that people just don't know about. And, you know, here in South Carolina, I describe, uh, you know, situation here with the growing number of what I call hobby farmers, baby boomers that have retired, you know, from their careers, they've purchased acreages and, uh, you know, many times it's a hundred or more acres. They want wildlife, they want timber and more, but have no idea what to do in managing the land. Uh, and it's wildlife. There's no consideration there for endangered species. And uh, we've only got a minute here before we got to take this next break. But what types of landowner assistance programs exist today for the private landowner? That depends upon the crops that they are producing or the uses that they're putting to the land. Whether they're whether it's beef, um, uh, lamb, uh, uh, sheep, uh, uh, crops, uh, wine, uh, um, uh, forest uh, forest products, it all depends on on, on the type of of um, production they're doing, the type of land that they have, the region of the country, and so forth. And all of these are outlined in the book. All right, we need to take our next break, and we return. Going to continue our very enlightening and educational visit. With Lowell Bear, this and a whole lot more coming right up. I'm Rob Keck, your host, right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. Words cannot describe this land we call the Ozarks. You can see it in their faces, hear it in their stories. Feel it in the natural beauty. And now, you can experience the Ozarks of yesterday with the ancient Ozarks Natural History Museum at Top of the Rock. A place of inspiration and appreciation. An opportunity to honor those who came before us. And celebrate this land. We are blessed to call home. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And thanks for joining us. If you've just tuned in, we're discussing Lowell Bear's new book, Saving Species on Private Lands and unlocking incentives to conserve wildlife in their habitats, all right here with book author, my good friend, Lowell Bear. Lowell, what is your recommendation on these private landowners on, on trying to access these programs? In your region, there will be a number of 
nonprofit organizations, uh, conservation organizations, like the National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, Rob, that you were instrumental in, in, in operating, Pheasants Forever, uh, Ducks Unlimited, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and so forth across the country. They can, in total confidentiality, help you evaluate uh, if your land is suitable for a particular conservation easement or a conservation program, which can put money in your pocket while preserving uh, uh, the timber practices, for example, in your part of the world, Rob, as well as hunting, fishing, and other re recreational opportunities. Um, the 2018 Farm Bill provides a, a host, the largest one yet, uh, of financial uh, support programs um, to benefit wildlife and protect the bottom line of the landowner. Uh, this uh, current one has $6 billion available in it uh, for landowners. And these the availability of these programs varies by property size, land use, the production, what you're doing with the land, what state you're in, and, and et cetera. Um, and the next stop after the local um, conservation group, um, the, the NGO, I call them, that uh, the conservation organization uh, would be the would would be NR um, uh, DC, the Natural Resource Conservation Service uh, mm -hmm. of USDA, the, the the Department of Agriculture, and there through through every every state has a number of these offices that can discuss your specific situation, and depending upon size, production. Um, use and so forth of, all, of the land. Uh, there's so many different types. And, and the book that I've just written lays them all out step by step. To, get, to access these, uh, Appendix A of my book alone, it runs 25 pages and lists all the federal and state contacts for these programs. But another place to start is LANCAN, Land Conservation Assistance Network. On the web, you got to go on the web, and it's run by my friend Amazino up in Maine. They have the largest database in the country that can help you find land trusts, uh, the uh, Department of Agriculture service centers, your local agricultural extension office, uh, the, the all the private consulting biologists and foresters that are in the country, and their resource, uh, Land Can C A N. And my book are the only two places you can find all the information in one place. Well, Lowell, you know, many times in the conservation community, you know, we speak to ourselves. We don't speak to the guy with dirt under his fingernails. And, you know, the result is the average person outside that community, our conservation community, has no idea what we talk about when we talk in acronyms and 10-syllable words. And this uh, acronym ESA, Endangered Species Act. Very quickly, what is ESA? The first two Endangered Species Acts were enacted in 1966 and 1969. And then in 1973, the current Endangered Species Act replaced both of them. And it authorizes the United States Fish and Wildlife Service and the National Marine Fisheries Service to list species, to identify and list species as being either threatened or endangered. And it makes it illegal to harm any of those species or their habitats. And it protects those species that get, get listed. That's the simple answer. Well, when you look at that act, uh, you look at both of them, I guess I would ask, first of all, has it been successful in saving species? And, and secondly, can you just very briefly, a thumbnail, uh, share a success story, an example of one of those species that was listed but now recovered. We're actually in, an, in, in what I call a new era of successful recovery and delisting, uh, a trend that started under President Obama and has continued under President Trump. Before 2009, only 18 species had ever been delisted due to recovery plans that, go, that started in 1973 when the ESA was enacted. And since 2009, 40 species have been recovered totally and delisted where their population uh, through conservation efforts has been stabilized 
uh, enough to delist them. Uh, one of my favorite stories is the Kirkland Warbler. Uh, it's a songbird that lives up in Michigan and Wisconsin, and it was listed as endangered by the very first um, endangered species list back in 1967. And it was delisted last fall after 52 years. Now, the Kirkland Warbler nests in young jack pine stands and can't use uh, woodland that are dominated by mature uh, trees. So it is management dependent, it is some, what we call a management dependent species. And most of their suitable habitat is on private lands. Uh, so the private landowners and conservation groups up in Michigan and Wisconsin worked together uh, and funded uh, management practices that provided habit, uh, sustainable habitat for the Kirkland warbler, which was critical to its recovery, and then it's delisting as its populations grew. Well, look, we're going to take our uh, next break, and folks, when we return, going to continue our visit with Lowell Bear. This and a whole lot more coming right up, and I'm Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We'll be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need, that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose, to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop and you'll feel it. Listen and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just joined us, we're privileged to have with us one of my conservation heroes, President Emeritus of the Boone and Crockett Club, Lowell Bear. Lowell, I just wanted to add one more that comes to mind, our nation's symbol, the bald eagle. I mean, I think back, what, 15 years ago when it was delisted and, uh, you know, to think where it came from when DDT uh, and, and some other issues had, had dropped those numbers way down. And now we see just, you know, the example of our nation's symbol having recovered, delisted. And uh, I know it's very, very exciting. And so to me, I want to ask you, where does the private landowner start with conservation? What's your advice? Right in their own backyard. If you, if you have no knowledge or experience in wildlife management, then the first thing you need to do is inventory what you have, What's, what, what species are on your property, and which of them might be at risk or even listed as endangered. Um, you, need, you need to identify the size of your property, what it consists of in vegetation, and you need a land management plan and, and, and a, that you can develop with a strong uh, local conservation group or a consulting biologist or even a state or federal agency that can help you write that plan. And uh, we explain in the book the basic parts of a management plan uh, that uh, provide you a detailed information on how to do that. If you're in suburbia and you have a house on a quarter acre or a, or a half an acre, you can plant milkweed with nectar-bearing flowers as habitat for the monarch butterfly of tremendously endangered species. Regardless of the size of your land or how it is currently being utilized, uh, you can become a conservationist. The most important thing to remember is that this is, a, this is voluntary. If you start down the path, you can always say to the, the agency or the NGO you're working with, thanks, but uh, no thanks. I'm going to do things my way. And I'll call you if I need help. Uh, uh, and it, 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 because it's voluntary. These are partners. Um, uh, even the federal government uh, that people will laugh at sometimes. Uh, 
But the most yeah. important thing to remember is is that conservation is a cooperative venture and partnerships, which all of these, I've, I've been pushing the NGOs, the conservation uh, groups out there, um, they are critical uh, to the recovery of species. Um, the federal government can't do it alone. No one can do this alone. We need private landowners, corporations, NGOs, wh- who are willing to provide the expertise and money and state governments with their on-ground, you know, on-the-ground staffs and federal agencies to all come together to conserve species. And the recognition of this uh, partnership model has uh, been growing and growing over the last uh, uh, several presidential administrations because people understand car- partnerships and cooperative ventures work. Well, Lo, you mentioned that there are many, many conservation programs out there. I think you said, you know, what, 25 pages full uh, in your appendices on, on uh, some of those programs. So talk to us about the mechanisms to, to actually getting enrolled in these land conservation programs. What, what do they have to do? Well, um, the, the, the primary group of programs that are available come under the Farm Bill. And that's administered by uh, NRCS. And, but they can be explained to you before even going to, into a government office by your local land conservation groups. And these types of programs that are available to the landowner uh, include incentive payments or rental contracts uh, uh, f- for conservation easements or other programs like the Conservation Repro- Re- Reserve Program, the CRPs. All of these are available under the Farm Bill, but especially for incentive payments and conservation easements, states and NGOs uh, can do those um, separate and apart from the Farm Bill. Uh, That's it in a nutshell, uh, Rob. Yeah. Well, in this cost sharing, give us a little more detail and then how this is going to work. Well, as I said earlier, the Farm Bill has $6 billion annually uh, allocated for private land conservation. Um, and it's the Congress divides the programs up, and then the Department of Agriculture divides them up between the states. To, and then they flow down to the Natural Resources uh, Conservation Service office and the, and the Farm Service Agency in your county and state. And they are pr- prioritized by... Um, the type of land you have, what what vegetation you have on it, and its environmental values, as well as identifying clean water for wildlife and other programs. Uh, they vary across the country, and as a component of those programs is the what we call the cost share program. And that's a payment to landowners to encourage them to take action and, and take on one of the uh, Farm Bill programs. Folks, we return going to continue our informative, enlightening, and educational visit with Lowell Bear right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. It's Rob Keck, and we will be right back. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There could be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just joined us, we're privileged to have with us one of my conservation heroes, President Emeritus of 
the Boone and Crockett Club book author of a new book that is very important to private landowners. And it's called Saving Species on Private Lands, Unlocking Incentives to Conserve Wildlife and Their Habitats, brought to us by Lowell Bear. Lowell, tell us about Working Lands for Wildlife. Oh, that's a wonderful program. I'm delighted you asked that question. Um, it's, again, a, a, a new program under the Farm Bill. And um, the, the way it works is that, uh, first of all, uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has joined in partnership with the with the Department of Agriculture, NRCS, and they have identified a variety of species and landscapes that they want to really focus investment on and money on to encourage conservation. And they have already run the traps and set the, these lands and these species up. Um, they've already run the traps to make sure that, that they've, they've cleared any issues that relate to the Endangered Species Act. Okay, so now you, you go to them and you tell them you want to get into the Working Lands for Wildlife program, and you don't even, you're not even, they've, they've set it up so you can access that program for a variety of different conservation programs, and they, they pay the bills uh, um, jointly. It's a joint funding between U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the and NRCS. Well, talk to us about emergency aid programs that are operated under the Department of Agriculture. Well, they're, they're, most people don't even know about that, um, but there are disaster re- uh, relief programs available for wildlife conservation and habitat management, and not just not just for rebuilding homes, but they provide the critical support for things like rebuilding coastal sand dunes after Hurricane Sandy in, in uh, 2012. And um, that, of course, the sh- provided uh, shorebird habitat and uh, protection for um, housing and buildings. Um, the emergency, con- the USDA's emergency conservation program, uh, or the emergency watershed program, to help um, agricultural landowners rebuild ecosystem structures that benefit wildlife and and humans a kind. And then, with the storms like Hurricane Sandy and Katrina, uh, there are one-time actions uh, that have come out by the Congress uh, just for those programs. So. Anybody that's affected by a, a major disaster or a river flooding, um, there is a program that can address the damage that was done for an individual landowner. Yeah, well, you're, you're exactly right. A lot of landowners are not aware that uh, programs like this even exist. And uh, I think you, you certainly uh, cover that in, in your book. You know, you've also mentioned about NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and of course myself, having run a non-profit conservation organization, the National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, we provide, uh, when I was there, and they continue to do that, non-federal resources for conservation. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but tell us a little bit more about the dollars, uh, the opportunities that might be there uh, through the NGO community. I am so proud of, collectively, of our nonprofit organizations out there that work individually and collectively together for private landowners. Most people don't know it, but groups like National uh, the National Wild Turkey Federation, um, Pheasants Forever, um, uh, Ducks Unlimited, they have staff members that sit in the NRCS offices around the country to help landowners sort out what program might be best available for their land. So when you go into an NRCS office, you can ask to speak to one of the nonprofit counselors that are there. 
just as an example, one, the leading one in this country that I'm so proud of is run by the by Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. They have 250 staff members spread throughout the country to counsel private landowners. And um, on the cost share agreement that I referenced earlier, for example, um, when you when you go in and ask when you negotiate a contract with the federal government for a conservation program, you can ask and, and negotiate that the cost share component be added to that. Who pays for the cost share of, of what it costs you to plant a cover crop or do water uh, management and improvements on your land, um, et cetera. Um, it is the monies come from the, the nonprofit conservation organizations the states and the federal governments collectively in a pot. You don't know how the pot's mixed up. Not important. Point is, you, the landowner, can get paid uh, for 100% of your costs in putting a piece of land into a, into conservation um, through uh, that that um, cost share program, and much of that is is managed and run by the the NGOs we've been talking about. Um, yeah. just It's a, a heroic effort of, of our private sector working for land stewardship across the country. Um, it, it's just amazing, the, not only yeah. the money, but the technical assistance these qualified, trained uh, field biologists uh, uh, can offer to a private landowner. Yeah. We're just about out of time here. We just have a minute, but can you just very quickly brief us on landowners' liability under the Endangered Species Act. Right. Well, okay. Um, chapter 12 of my book lays this out in, in about 10 pages. But if you have an endangered or a threatened, there's, there's two different types of list of, of designations, a threatened species who is likely to become endangered or an endangered species that is in fact endangered, you cannot... Um, injure or damage that species or its habitat. Now, there are ways under the program that what they call incidental or accidental um, uh, damage or injury can be addressed and uh, you're not liable. Um, But you have to be aware, first of all, that there is liability attached if you damage uh, or injure in any way a species or, or its habitat. But you can set up in advance to be precluded from liability through incidental, uh, through a recognition of incidental take and other programs that are available. And you really got to be a pay attention because if you have what we call a federal nexus uh, with uh, the federal government in programs um, like um, oh, um, uh, uh, crop insurance, um, and, and and so forth, uh, then you have a federal nexus that really raises your, your, your potential for liability. And you have, just have to be aware of it. But there's a way in advance to protect yourself. We've got to take our final break of the show and uh, hold that thought. We've got still more to cover. And you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And this is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. 
And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We've been having an educational and a certain enlightening conversation about the opportunities for private landowners to better manage their lands for wildlife, the opportunities available, and how they can save species on those lands by unlocking the many incentives that are available, and all this in Lowell Bear's new book. Lowell, quickly brief us on the landowner's liability under the Endangered Species Act. I know you had some things there you wanted to, to touch on. Uh, I, I, I do, because there's, a, unfortunately, there's a mythology that continues in this country, and especially in the West, that Granddad and his granddad uh, uh, have, have built. Uh, and that is, in the early days of the enforcement of the Endangered Species Act in the early 1970s, the Fish and Wildlife Service became overjealous in its enforcement, and it created a lot of problems. That has long, long been replaced by a modern cooperative spirit uh, within the Fish and Wildlife Service. And there are a number of tools that are available to you, the private landowner, other than all these incentive programs that I've been talking about, to provide you assurances, regulatory insurances, that um, you can operate your uh, land successfully uh, without violating uh, any principles or uh, um, sections of the Endangered Species Act. Um, such as what we call it's a habitat conservation plan or a safe harbor agreement or a candid conservation agreement with assurances. They're all discussed in Chapter 13 of my book. And the, each one ha- ha- covers a slightly different situation. And the, and the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service field offices um, uh, can talk to you about which one is best for you. Uh, for example, one extinction is the, is the safe harbor agreement that are for listed species, listed species, while the candid conservation agreements with assurances are for species that may be listed in the future. So if you see, for example, a population of uh, sage grouse moving in your direction and you're afraid they're going to get onto your land, you can, you can protect yourself and get assurances from the federal government that you're not going to get in trouble. Uh, when they move onto your land, and, and, and so forth. So there are a variety of what we call pro-mat, pro, programmatic versions of these tools that can safely protect you. Great information. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, pointing out the fact that uh, you've got today uh, an agency, the Fish and Wildlife Service, that is going to work with you. It's it's not what can I do to find you doing something wrong, but rather what can I do to help you. That attitude is so much needed, and uh, I think it's certainly uh, heading in the right way. Lowell, tell us how people can find your book. Where can they purchase it? Uh, give us uh, your website, all that kind of information, if you would. All right, if you all uh, listeners will grab a, a pen and a piece of paper. Um, the publisher is Roman, spelled R-O-W-M-A-N, Roman and Littlefield. You can go to their website. Or you can pick up the phone and call this number, um, 800-462-6420, extension 3023 and ask for your for for the customer service department. Now, here's the most important thing. The discount code. The book book retails for 40 bucks um, uh, in a in a bookstore. But you can buy it direct from the publisher for a 30% discount which gets it down to $28. But you need this code. This is most important. Capitals R L F a N D F 30. I'll repeat that. R L F A N D F 30. And the, and the, 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 the number you call to buy the book is 800-462-6420 extension 2032. And you ask for the customer service department and Rob, Repeat the name of the book, if you would. Well, I will. And, uh, you know, it's just one that uh, 
You know, it, it, it says it all. Saving species on private lands, unlocking incentives to conserve wildlife and their habitats. And, of course, author Lowell Bear. Lowell, we've got about a minute and a half here. If you would, why don't you close out with, uh, with a final thought here on today's show? Well, thank you. What I didn't say earlier, or I may have, 85% of our, of our up to 85% of our endangered and uh, species and listed species live on your lands. They live on the private lands of America. It varies by county and by state. Uh, some areas it's as low as 50%. But most of it are in that 75 to 80% range of these critters live on your land, your private land. And they need your help. Wildlife, animals, birds, fish, insects, they all need your help. And you're the only one that can give them a helping hand before it's too late. Um, so I, 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 I plead with you to recognize the value of the, that, that they bring to your land or can bring to your land financially, but also the recreational enjoyment of seeing a, a deer with its fawn in the spring or a monarch butterfly landing on a, on a, a, a you know, a, 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 a milkweed plant, uh, which you can plant very simply. So I, I plead with you to recognize 85% of endangered species on your land, they need your help. Well, Lowell, there's no question that private landowners and their work in managing their lands, along with hunters, have really paid the way for conservation, and it's improved the quality of life of so many people, whether they hunt or not, whether they fish or not. And, uh, you know, what you're sharing here is a way to the future that we can continue to improve upon that quality of life. And I just want to salute you, your conservation leadership, uh, and your just insatiable desire, your passion uh, to share and to make things better than when you found them. Lowell, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for opening our eyes to the opportunities afforded to private landowners in managing their lands and wildlife. Congratulations on this book. Very successful conservation leadership. I know Roosevelt would be very, very proud of you. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And I'm Rob Keck. On behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call to conservation. That call on preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Talking all things outdoors. Brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 